Are you recording this? Yeah. I would like to say that I have confirmed that Frontrunner is, in fact, the best way to travel on the Wasatch Front. After driving the After driving Provo. the Provo today, yeah. Patrons what? and people you are so What do you mean? Them. Just because driving is 15 minutes faster doesn't mean it's better? No. Communism. Oh. Silence. Wait, where did I even get on the train? Oh, yeah, in Provo, that's right. Really? Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to beat Wait, you. did you drive to Provo? Uh, leave, then the, leave the car. I park and road. Park and road. From, from Provo? Drive station. to Provo, leave huh? your car, take the train Because I have to leave back. it there for Sunday when we're going to be biking down in case we have to have, like, an emergency. If, like, the uh, Amtrak Is more than up. an hour or two away, yeah. Or it just doesn't show. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Anyway. And then we get to go back on bikes for bikes on Monday morning. So exciting. Yeah, well, Jack's coming. So. Yeah. Not suspicious of, not suspicious at all boarding for our two bikes each. <laughs> that wouldn't Tell be suspicious. Tell what happened. Yeah, I know. Trainos isn't going to give a shit. Um, I'll make sure to trip as many circuit breakers as I can while I'm on there. <laughs> Do you like to be shot? That's how you get shot. It's not an airplane, so you can shoot people on it. It's fine. Train host, armed train host. Yeah, that's Please. how we solve safety issues. Arm the train host. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I mean, if I had a gun, people would t- get their feet off the seats when I told them to. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> if the GOP supported the concept of trains, then they would probably say arm the conductors and arm train the hosts. train hosts. Arm the engineers. I don't know why you wouldn't support trains, because they'd be great for military. Everything. What do you mean you don't want to be able to move tanks and or troops across the country at 225 miles an hour? Well, you Mm. might end up spending money on non-car infrastructure. Oh, okay. That's really the main blocker there. Yeah. Oh, bomb. It it would be awful to have that as a defense. Yeah, can only spend highway money. Mm, That's how we should pitch it to them. See, that's how I would pitch it if it was up to me. I'd say having not well, just having to Well, you can call it the National Defense Railways Act. Like, you call it, it was right. the okay, National okay. Defense okay. Highways Act is the thing that built the interstate. Because yeah. you could move military equipment on See, it. I'm, that's, a, that's a really good reason for the highways. Yeah. But just be like, oh, guys, we need to double track across the entire country and to, like, all the major cities. It to move military be, equipment. It yeah. needs to be electrified so we don't have to rely, rely on foreign fossil fuels yeah, in times of war. Yeah. Yeah. The the nation. <laughs> yeah, the nation like we as a nation should own separate railroads. We should and, oh, maybe not in terms of war. We should use them too. Here's an idea. We use have the Army money. Corps of Engineers run the entire railway. But then system. they f-ing work. Well, probably. I mean, the Army Corps of Engineers are like you know well known for being quote, technically proficient and, quote, competent. They, they might accidentally build a dam on the way. Though, so. <laughs> they are good at that. <laughs> Just be careful. This is, this is my same idea. Well, nothing with wrong with dams. Same idea as uh, with nuclear power. Yeah. Um, make the U.S. military build it, then they'll do it right. See? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to be recording a second podcast in this booth soon. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah. Political? No. Well, sort of. My friend wants to do a Star Wars podcast, and nice. it's going to be a Star Wars politics podcast. Oh, have fun. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to say no, but yeah. Rude. Welcome to the internet, live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah. What, what, this what is was the that? red line. Bill Burnham's welcome to uh, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, quote, ate a ham sandwich for lunch, unquote, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> and these are my co-hosts. Some production budget wrong today. Um, Kyle Holland and... Alex Fielder. Was it a good sandwich? Uh, it had... So I, I get the, like, you know, the big blocks of cheese at the store to save money. Yep. So I get, you know, some slices of that, put it on some Winco white bread, get some Chick-fil-A sauce because I hate mayo and spread that on the bread to be and mayo, guys. and some ham, and I had some tomatoes. So it, it was a pretty good sandwich. Okay. Uh, that sounds like a good sandwich. Today we're returning to Bart, the West Coast's great metro system. We'll talk Richard Nixon, <gasps> Embarcadero Station, <gasps> and more.
<laughs> Off to the news. <laughs> this is Embarcadero. Transfer here for Muni Metro trains, SFMTA cable car service, and the F Market streetcar. Or if you want to, like, go look at the water, you can get out here, too. Well, yeah, but you have to, like, walk a ways, because it's not actually on the Embarcadero. Aww. Um, it's, like, a block or two away. Oh, that's so far. It is a good transfer to the ferries, though. Cool. Probably, like, half the reason it exists. Uh, we'll actually learn the reason why it exists Whoa, today. after Whoa. the news. Catastrophe at 17th South today as a northbound Green Line train struck a car that had run the crossing gates at the 17th South crossing. That's all that really happened. Uh, so far what we know is that the driver was 70 years old carrying one passenger and somehow went either around or under the gates. Thankfully, both of them have only non-life-threatening injuries, and as far as we know, no one on the train in question was hurt. It did, however, take out the uh, like the little crossing gate dealio and also disrupted service on the Central Corridor for a lovely four hours. So, life hack, when the railroad crossing gate is down, um, don't, don't skirt it, because it means there's trains coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What valuable advice. I know. Yeah. It's, it is kind of wild, though, that it took them four hours to fix it, because... Was it four hours to fix it, or four hours to investigate and clean up? I mean, yes. Which is fair, but normally it takes us like hour and a half, two hours to do that sort of thing, and that's when we kill somebody. Mm. <laughs> it, it's probably because the crossing gate was. Taken it's probably out. because they totally knocked out the entire crossing gate pole in the middle. Mm. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> it is. It actually is a lot of damage. It's, I'm glad no one was. Can we like died. steal the picture of this? Uh, if we ask the person who took it, I think it. I might have a friend who has a picture of it. I'll I'll have them and we can put it up on screen. We can Twitter DM the person who took it if we want to. You can also do that if you want. Taylor who is Anderson. it? Taylor W. Oh, Anderson. Probably, oh, he's building Salt Lake. He's not going to do that. Oh, okay. He's like a news guy. Real news. Yeah, I have a friend who took a picture of it, so I'll just DM them. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. This has been. The news, abbreviated. The solution is to have more people with jobs in our trains. People with jobs don't steal. Generally, crime. yes. Because if you crime, if or you steal. have ec- if fun fact, if you have economic stability, a place to live and a job. Uh, you don't feel you probably don't do crimes. Well, you don't steal because why, and you don't violent crime because then no job. So in other words, the actual solution to crime is a good social safety net, but we're not ready for that <laughs> conversation, and neither is Bart. So when we left off, Bart had just been bailed out by the California State Legislature to the tune of $150 million. But to keep the project from losing any of its ambitious scope, help would come from a seemingly unlikely source, Dick Nixon's federal government. <gasps> Is that even an approved nickname? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. A lot of people call him Tricky Dick at the time. <laughs> yeah. Mostly his political enemies, as I'm sure you can gather, but, yeah. you know. It's better than Tiny D. <laughs> or Meatball Ron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Nixon had a Richard DeSanctimonious. <laughs> Ron Dishonest. Okay, so why did the Nixon administration decide to do this? Uh... Because the Johnson administration passed an act about it. Oh, okay. It was like the Federal Mass Transportation Administration Assistance Act of (laughs) 1969 or something. And then Nixon. And then Nixon did it. So, But most of these funds went for auxiliary improvements like linear parks under guideways, the new Embarcadero station, and others. Uh, The feds also funded over 60% of the cost of the system's original rolling stock because there were cost overruns in that area. That's very nice of them to bail out Bart. Yeah. Very kind. If they do it again. Um, <laughs> then we can have a b- more Bart with less knives. Bart Plus. Oh, that's the, they should make a Bart expansion and call it Bart Plus. Bart Plus Lisa? Bart Plus. <laughs> they should... They should make the Lisa line. They should yeah. rename Caltrain to Lisa. And Bart <laughs> Plus Lisa is an ambitious expansion plan. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take Bart to... 
Vancouver, Washington. But uh, how Vancouver, about we take Bart to sit to wait? What's the town name? Which one? In, in the Simpsons. Springfield. Springfield. <laughs> yeah, to Springfield, Missouri. It is Springfield. We don't actually know what Springfield they're in. I have a suspicion that it's the one in Massachusetts because Mayor Quimby is a Boston accent, but... I have a suspicion. Nuclear power plant nearby, Yeah, too. and that's on the East Coast. They have oh. lots of nuclear power plants. So it is my opinion that Springfield is in Massachusetts. Anyway, take Bart to Springfield. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Good And then point. we have, like, a weird, you know, national rail, rail right. system yeah. that just happens to run off third rail. Amtrak, <laughs> except it's reliable, fast, uh, and okay. hard. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Third rail Darwinism, baby! <laughs> it's also completely incompatible with all non-BART trains. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no freight no freight priority on this sucker because nothing, it runs broad gauge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, saved from imminent financial collapse, the BART project proceeded apace, rapidly bringing the massive L's and subways to completion. An additional More like W's. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Uh, an additional on, station would be added on Market Street at Embarcadero in response to a surge of new development along the iconic waterfront road. So when BART started happening, there were all these businessmen in downtown San Francisco who were like, Hey, I'm going to build a skyscraper. Hey, hey. And then they built a lot of skyscrapers, and some of them happened to be a little too far from uh, Montgomery Street. So they're like, hey, let's build another station. Yeah, so you can put people in the skyscrapers. Yes. Uh, well, mostly jobs in these skyscrapers, not people. But Well, people have to go to the jobs, so... Which is why BART is... Whoa. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> is this how a commute works? <laughs> <laughs> the commute. Uh, yes, the peninsula commute. Uh, the, the second. Commute to uh, under the Bay Boogaloo. <laughs> All the improvements and limited cost overruns brought the total cost of the initial 71-mile BART system to $1.6 billion. Is that today money? Or about $186 million per mile in modern dollars. That's today money. For the highest capacity new build metro in the country. So how much is Austin spending on its light rail? Uh, I believe it is closing in on a billion. <laughs> per mile? Yes. Is that because of the stupid, stupid stations? Well, they've gotten rid of the subway sections now, and now they're just planning to build an eight-mile light rail line for $8 billion on the surface. How, how are they going to do that with the capital sight line laws? Batteries, probably. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me. I, I don't think that's been confirmed, but I'm knowing, I know that with the amount of, quote, value engineering, unquote, they've been doing recently, that battery trains are probably going to become a thing there. But then with the bad Texas drivers smashing into the battery train. <laughs> How long is that going to last? Battery it's going to make Chernobyl like, look um, like, you know, the <laughs> 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 well, Austin battery trains explode at the same time. In Minecraft. In Minecraft. Oh my goodness. $186 million per mile for a fully grade separated metro. Heavy rail metro. Not even a light. Heavy metro. rail metro with... <laughs> A second metro in it from Uni, uh, and the Transbay goddamn tube. Yes. Although I would have preferred they kept the Cisbay tube. This will indoctrination is going too far. Uh, I really like this uh, this header, but complete. Yes. Sure is. Yeah. It's Imagine completing a project. Um, by 1972, <laughs> however. Uh, construction on BART's long, winding miles of track was nearly complete. Even on Market Street, which had been under siege by construction crews for nearly a decade, <laughs> pedestrians and traffic were beginning to have space returned to them. As they put the, like, ceiling up. Uh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt the local businesses that survived were breathing a huge <laughs> sigh of relief. Well, it killed most businesses along Market Street, because if your entire street frontage is a construction zone for ten years... Yeah, yeah, that would that would do it. That would be a problem, right? Um, so the first prototype train cars were delivered in 1970, and by 1971, ten trains were doing 24/7 operations testing on the Fremont Line, which is south of Oakland, to weed out operational issues before the systems anticipated opening the next year. Good planning and no Boeing trains. 24/7 testing. Yeah, because they wanted to put in, like, a bazillion miles on them to see, like, what their failure rate was and stuff. <laughs> I love that average ambition. En average engineer. Yeah. Um, 
And then fair technology and rates were also being developed as the entire system geared up for revenue service. The initial fare would be thirty start at thirty cents hey. and be capped at a dollar twenty five with a seventy five percent discount for seniors and kids under thirteen. Cool. Love it. Uh, the fare system was very innovative. It was designed by IBM <laughs> and the first of its kind. Uh, it used reloadable tickets with magnetic strips to store fare data. It allowed for a much faster and more seamless boarding experience than traditional turnstiles, which at the time still often took exact change. So did they adopt this before MTA? Yeah, I guess Bar- they were building. A brand I believe new the system. first people to use magnetic you know, that, cards. They probably it's spent, genius. They probably spent some extra money digging out the station on making a giant hole for the huge computer. <laughs> I mean, probably. Um, well, I say that's a great use of technology. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the staffing levels were also increasing rapidly. Uh, at the beginning of 1970, there were like 600 BART Rapid Transportation District employees. Uh, by Bart like. D. Ni- Bart D, yeah, <laughs> Bay Area Rapid that. Transportation District, um, and by the beginning of 1972, there were over 2,000. So oh they're like gosh. they're gearing up. Hey, jobs be like. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I kind of got to note this, but the completion of Bart really represented a revolution in technological affairs for rapid transit around the country and the world. Let's be clear. Uh, showing that a metro can not only move a shit ton of people, but also be clean, comfortable, and modern. Yeah, it is hella cool that for $186 million a mile, BART did just about everything cutting edge. And that's that cheap with cost overruns. Uh, yeah. REM is the BART, the REM is the BART of today. Discuss. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. It is everything cheap, and it's very innovative. And top, you it's, know, top of the yeah, line train control systems, for it's example. Self, it's self-driving, isn't it? And it? So is BART. Oh, boys. Yeah, but it yeah. requires operators because it's only because no one trusts it. That's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> in the in the sixties and seventies, fair. If it wasn't designed to be, was it designed to be self? The trains drive themselves unless something goes wrong. At which point, the operator drives. And it, it was designed that way. Yes. Yeah. Like one time, they had a, 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 well, a fire in the Trans Bay tube, and they just had the operators drive the trains through the tube. Cool. Oh, this, it was quite an event. We should we could probably do a whole episode about just that fire. Oh, I didn't even look that up. You should look it up now and get the Wikipedia article so we can have an anecdote. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was super modern. All sorts of, like, you know, ATC and crap and very fancy. And, you know, for decades afterwards, people were literally taking joyrides on the system because it was one of the technological marvels of the 20th century at that point. So, like... See, that that's why I say when we need a project like this... I know. ...in the country, again, we need something to we be this like, proud of. We need to, like, find a city, right? Like, what is a great American city that's underserved by public transportation? Like... List to cities. Uh, I want to say Salt Lake. Well, great American <laughs> city, Alex. Hey, we're, we're pretty great, so... Uh, I don't know... What are <laughs> Remember the great qualifier? Oh, okay. oh my god. Man. Wow, <laughs> Kyle. Wow. Miami. No, Miami already has a metro. Kind of sucks, but they have one. Uh, let, let's say Seattle, right? We need to build like a brand spanking new 71 mile rapid transportation Gee whiz, system. Good thing Seattle. we already have $50 billion of funding earmarked to make all three miles of this system. To make all three miles of light rail. Yeah. Oh, that was another news thing. But the bridge pylons on I ninety for the new like line over the bridge have to be replaced, all of them, because they were all done wrong. So it's going to delay the opening of the thing that that was delaying already by another year. Like the ones that hold it up from the water. Link light rail is terrible. <laughs> I, I wait, wait. Is this a floating? No, right I now? think this is on a different bridge. Okay. But anyway, it's bad. Special. I. It's a shame I love Link so much. No, Link Link is great. It's just like, why on earth did you choose to do it with low-floor light rail vehicles is a great question. I still love it. It's still got such a special place in my heart. They should have at least done it like Calgary style with high-floor vehicles. Especially with how crowded those trains are all the time. But anyways... um. Oh, yeah, the Transbay Tube Fire of 1979. Oh, well, when we get famous. to 1979. We'll oh, yeah. 
So, the first segment of the BART system finally entered revenue service on Monday, September 11th, in 1972. Okay. I wouldn't say it. So, BART does um, celebrate its anniversary on a rather unfortunate yeah, day. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, why did they open it on that day? But then I remembered what year. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, how dare BART open... Uh, on 9-11, 30 years <laughs> before 9-11. 29. Oh. Um, and then, you know, only one month after opening, a BART train overran the tail track at Fremont Station and crashed into the ground, injuring four people. Yeah, it's about that automatic train control. Okay, so injuring you can see four why people? They don't that, trust, that could be worse. But it overran the track under automatic control. Which should not be physically possible. And so, um, apparently, this, is, this was a whole scandal. Uh, several engineers had been concerned about the safety of BART's ATC system as early as 1969, but had been fired by the district's Oof. board for their complaints. Uh, an inquiry would take place in the California State Legislature, ending in the eventual sacking of BART's general manager in 1974. Uh, thankfully, no one died in the incident, and problems were resolved with the ATC system eventually, but the accident left BART with a poor first impression and a reputation for bad safety. Lesson learned. If you do a cover-up, you'll get covered up. In duh, underground. Or, more likely, in termination paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by duh. That's, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the guy is dead now. He was, like, you know, general manager of a major transportation agency in 1974. He was, you know... Old. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um... Other operating segments would enter service uh, by 1974 when trains began running through the Trans Bay Tube. Oh, so did they just run on the Oakland side before then? Yeah, so for two years there was only service on what is now the Orange Line. Oh, because I the, the Trans Bay Tube took it. a lot longer to finish than everything else because That's it was fair. you know, a complete a 3.8 mile mar- underwater tube. Yeah, yeah. very fair. Um, but ridership on BART remained low in the early days. Um, it's probable that this is mostly because of the um, A, economic recession that was happening at the time and B, um, you know, everyone thought that the train would explode and crash because a month after opening, the train had exploded and crashed. Yeah, that's valid concerns. Yeah. Right, like if, you know, if UTA was derailing trains on a regular basis, I would probably start at the very least taking the bus. (laughs) I I would... 100%. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but by the 1990s, ridership levels were getting up to snuff and growing rapidly, uh, promoting several expansions of the system. The first of these was to Pittsburgh in the East Bay, adding a fifth line to the BART system, which is now known as the Blue Line. Although they don't officially use color names for their lines. Fun fact about BART, it's just like the Daily City Pittsburgh line. What year is it? Or the Richmond Bay Fair line or whatever, you know. I I think naming lines colors is a... Why wouldn't you do that? Good up to five lines. That is my first final and only opinion on it. Once you get more than five lines, you need to not use colors anymore. Once you get to the brown line, you should (laughs) give up. Yeah, Chicago. (laughs) The colored line. (laughs) Oh, we have the pink line, the purple line, the blue line, the red line, the orange line, the green line, the yellow line. Uh, Yeah. Just don't worry about the visualization of the color. Just think of it as a name. Like, the, the, the... the, the stinking purple line should just be like, I don't know, call the red line the one, right? It should be the one X. Like, honestly, I'm getting mad about Chicago now. But anyways. Um, then it was the 21st century, and another expansion was completed in 2003 to SFO Airport and Millbrae on the San Francisco Peninsula. Uh, ridership also began to skyrocket in the 21st century as Silicon Valley brought hundreds of thousands of new jobs and the workers to do them to the Bay Area and downtown San Francisco, as well as downtown Oakland. This, combined with high gas prices and an extremely congested freeway system, was a recipe for success. Um, yes. Bart's like design capacity, like how many people it's designed to a carry lot. a day. A fucking lot. Well, actually, it's not as large as you would think. Don't they only running trains like every three minutes through the Transway tube? You can't really do more than that, I don't think, because of the way it's designed. Because of the the Oakland Y. Oh, yeah. Which is very complicated. But um, it's not designed to move that many people per day. Like, its design capacity 
is supposedly something like 200,000 people per day is like what designers thought would be writing it at like maximum times, right? By 2000, it's doing that. <laughs> and then it keeps growing. <laughs> um, so BART modernized the system at this time, improving signaling on the, in the late aughts to run trains every 15 minutes instead of the 20 that had been standard before. Yes, BART had 20-minute train frequencies until about 2010. Well, Drink that like up. 30 interlining. Yeah. So, well, 20-minute train frequencies on each line. Yeah, with like a bajillion interlining. Yeah, but, you know, three trains per hour times five lanes is only 15 trains an hour. Yeah, on this infrastructure. On this infrastructure. <laughs> that is true. Um, and then they also undertook a fleet modernization program beginning in 2012, which is still ongoing creating the, quote, fleet of the future. Ooh. I said the episode title. Um, <laughs> which are still some of the most advanced heavy rail rapid transit cars in service in the United States. They featured improved seating, uh, better sound cancellation, as well as real-time display capabilities and safer passage between cars. Sweet. Very good. Yeah. They're and nice. They're I will quieter. be honest, the fleet of the future cars are very nice. And the real-time tracking is very helpful, especially since you can't get, like, good cell service unless you have Verizon in the tube. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then expansions and ridership heated up at the end of the 2010s with over 400,000 people, which, as we discussed, is way above the capacity that it was designed for uh, riding every day. During commuting hours, the Transbay Tube carried nearly 30,000 people per direction per hour, over twice that of the Bay Bridge above. <laughs> huge win. Such a huge dub Especially for transit. Especially given that after all the earth earthquake retrofits, retrofits that both of them got, it's been way cheaper yeah. by many billions of like, dollars. The only other place in the United States where you can like cite a figure like that, like, oh, X transit line carries so many more people than X freeway, is New York, and it's just the East River Tunnels, which carry, like, two million people a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because, yeah, these, sort of, these sorts of choke points are rare. Right. You know, you don't get a lot of cities with that kind of geographic choke point. Yeah. So, and nobody's driving, like, you know, all the way around the bay to get to, Oak, to the East Bay from San Francisco, no. you know? Hey, we, we could build some... Crazy transit here because we we, we actually do points. have some geographic yeah, choke points. We have if we point were in the like, mountain. We have the other we, point in the mountain. If we were a much larger city, Frontrunner would probably see numbers like that. But we're yep. not a large enough city. We're a great American city, deep down. Deep down, <laughs> <laughs> like below the level of the giant hole they built for the temple down. <laughs> Big hole. <laughs> That's what she said. <sighs> <laughs> I love this podcast. I don't. Certainly I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then more extensions were done. Uh, the Oakland Airport, the Beige Line in 2014, which is <laughs> the weird gadget bond line that everyone hates. So, is that the airport one? Yes, it is. That the one that Ethan and I wrote that costs like six seventy. And AC Transit fares like two fifty or three dollars or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was fun though. Great, maybe it should be, like, affordable. I think it was faster than you as well. Yeah, is that worth the fare difference? Probably. If you're in a rush? Yeah. <laughs> if you're a business traveler. Good clientele to cater to on a mass transit system exclusively. Let's well, not exclude... Okay, anyway. Uh, and then they did eBart to pits... Uh, <laughs> Widely touted as bad and dumb. Yeah, eBART in 2018, which is bizarre because instead of just extending BART like a normal person, they built a, a separate DMU line that has its own dedicated transfer station that you can't get to except by train. It's transfer only. You can't leave it. So you get off your regular BART like yellow line train and then onto a DMU and then you go. And then from what I've heard, all the other stations are shit too. Well, they're all freeway meeting stations. Like I said, from what I've heard, all the other stations are shit, too. Okay. So it's kind of bizarre. Man, freeways kind of make everything suck. Uh, and then they have done more expansions towards San Jose in 2017 and 2020. That's on the south end of the former Fremont line. Now it connects with VTA Light Rail, which is fun. Um, 
and then a further somewhat controversial extension will be completed into downtown San Jose in 2030. Explain the controversial. Uh, so a five-mile, $5 billion deep-bore subway is planned to be the centerpiece of this extension, which is the source of much of the controversy. Okay. Because people in the Bay Area... Are like, wow, Most of the of subways, they, all the subways they have, except under the Berkeley Hills, are cut and cover. Like the Oakland subways are cut and cover, the San Francisco subways are cut and cover. And so everyone in San Francisco is like, well, we've always done BART cut and cover. And it's Why worked. are we spending so much more to tunnel under mostly suburban areas at a billion dollars a mile? Because we saw Muni did a tunnel, and we want tunnels. Yeah, and that worked out so well. Mm. Sure. Because the T-3rd is doing great in terms of ridership in the central subway since the they opened. Cost was fine. Yeah. Why are they tunneling? Because downtown San Ho- D- Jose needs a subway like the real downtowns but of why San Francisco. Are, if, if it's if it if, if even if we're doing that, why not do cut and cover? Like honestly, downtown Berkeley is probably better than downtown San Jose in a lot of ways. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know they gotta have a subway, so so a billion dollars a mile. Yeah. Why don't we do all overlands? Which will occur. Why don't we just do elevated for downtown San Jose? His boo. It's futuristic or whatever. Elevated bad. It, it would look awesome. It'd look yeah. fine. The Bart, the Bart Elevated Guideways are fine. We could make it look awesome. We could. If, we, if guideways, we tried. The Bart Elevated Guideways are tiny. And also fine. The stations are fine. If you don't, we, we, we could make it look wonderful. If you we don't could, like make the way beautiful. the Elevated Guideway looks, paint an artist to pay an art artist to paint on it. Yeah. And then it looks better. Paint it blue so it just blends in with the sky. Yeah, we'll paint some little <laughs> fake cloud wisps on it. Yeah. And paint pollution on it. <laughs> Actually, San Francisco area is pretty clean air. Because they have no wind. Uh, lucky, yeah. lucky, 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 lucky. Cheat code. I hate that. Um, yeah, but then, you COVID. know. COVID. COVID. Uh, ridership dropped by nearly 93% in the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> and has only recovered to about 40%, which, to Oof. be fair, is a lot closer to de- design capacity than the pre pandemic cut crush loads. Um, and weekend ridership is closer to 60% of pre pandemic levels. And which these, is good. these stats are A, way worse than like most other major transit agencies. Yeah, well, not way worse, but worse. significantly worse. And B, fair money. Yeah, so the reason that this is a problem. Okay, well, let's get into why they did, and then we'll discuss why it's a problem. So uh, this has been spurred by the slow or maybe lack of recovery in downtown San Francisco and Oakland. Uh, both of these were very tech-heavy downtowns, and tech jobs are often the easiest to take online, so the least people have returned to the office. And San Francisco in particular has seen a lot of, like, like a lot of... So there's office occupancy and office vacancy, right? Mm-hmm. Office occupancy is the amount of people who allegedly have jobs in downtown who are there every given day, right? Mm -hmm. In most U.S. cities, that's 55 to 60% at the moment. The same is true in San Francisco and Oakland. However, unlike other U.S. cities, they have massive vacancy rates as well. Like just unleased office space? Unleased office space. It's like close to 30% of downtown San Francisco's office space is just unleased at the moment. Turn and one of them is expected to rise. Turn so one of them into a grocery store. I heard the whole kerfuffle about the Whole Foods. Well, Whole Foods is closing because, quote, crime, unquote. So we move down there and open the Redline Podcast office downtown. Look, I made a Twitter post about this the other day. I am just waiting for office prices to drop to the floor in San Francisco to <laughs> To open like strap hanger studios at like yeah. one Market Street in downtown San Francisco. <laughs> Somebody else can make like a paintball room or something. Like there's so much you can do with this big open floor. Dang, space. you could do a paintball room in a high rise, couldn't you? Like what? You, you, you people would love that. That Dude, would be so cool. Would lose the fortieth floor of a like office tower. You go play paintball or Nerf darts or some shit. No, and you can look well, out imagine it, like two or three floors. Yeah. And oh. you, you run between them. And, Dude, like, and that wouldn't even change live loads at all because that's not, like, significantly heavier than walking. office equipment. It, yeah. it would be lighter, probably. Yeah. Dude, Holy cow. Like Dude! The, the only thing you can't do in these is it's residential <laughs> when they're built for office. Well, you can. It just it's makes just kind of weird floor that. plans. It's expensive and weird. It's not always expensive. 
But it, is it just makes weird. weird floor plans. Yeah, but as opposed to doing like paintball or a grocery store. Oh, I'm gonna have one Market Street paintball in downtown San Francisco, and you get to look out over the. You get you get to pretend that you're like in Die Hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot the windows with the paintballs, dude. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Well, you can put netting up in front of the windows so they don't get like. They put secondary windows in front of the windows that you can shoot with paintballs. Well, there's, like, paintball netting that you use to keep, it, like... Because oh. you're worried about shattering the windows as well at that pressure. Okay, Just so put, put a plexiglass Yeah, put plexiglass in front of the windows. Yeah, you, you're going to have to clean it every day, though, because you want to maintain your diehard this vibes. This is what you pay your staff to do. Jobs. Ah, jobs. <laughs> in downtown San Francisco. Yes. <laughs> See? Good commuter jobs. That would actually be really cool. I'm pretty sure zoning wouldn't allow it, which is why zoning reform, people should be able to do whatever the hell they want. Why the hell would zoning not allow this? It has no impact on the Cubicube neighborhood. <laughs> because San Francisco has embraced process as for its own sake. Nerd. Does that make sense? <laughs> So, um, as a, so as a result of all this crap, uh, revenue has fallen rapidly, and BART, historically, you know, 75-76% uh, fare box recovery. Very and high. now, suddenly, they have a $250 million per year funding shortfall because they're not carrying massive crush flows all the time anymore. <laughs> so now they're down to, like, a more, like, normal amount of fare box revenue. Relative yeah, it's like 30 or something. Which is not great. Which is but good for America. Well, like thirty to sixty percent is like fine. Yeah. Uh, so you know this sh- shortfall isn't a thing yet because federal pandemic aid. But COVID money. In twenty twenty five, Bart will need a dedicated source of funding. Otherwise, they will have service cuts, which means a this is what the Bart board has said they will have to do if they don't get the money. No weekend service. Um. Um. And no service after 9 p.m. Death it, spiral, man. Is this, like, just to be overdramatic to no. ensure they get funding? No, they couldn't afford to do it. Okay, so they're like, being realistic. They would, this okay. is what they would have to do because they have to maintain service during the times when they get their most ridership, which is still during, you know, daytime commute hours, and they can't afford to run service outside that time anymore because they don't have the money. Okay, I feel like they it's might have been a bit dramatic to really... It's a, okay. okay, two things. There have been some, like, independent watchdog, like, transit agencies in the Bay that are like, yeah, that's probably about what they'd have to do. Yeah, two things. One, that is just a really big gap in amount of money they have versus they need. And um, the other thing is, if you ever look at any transit agency budget, they've got, this, like, this whole big budget number that is their annual budget and then only like a relatively small portion maybe like half two thirds is scales with the amount of service they run so if you have this like fixed amount of your budget one third of your budget that you have to spend so your infrastructure doesn't like crumble into dust right and all your staff don't just go away because BART spends every year about 40% of its budget on maintenance because so you have to spend that regardless of how much service you spend like depending on the size of your agency, like 20% on administration, you just have to spend because otherwise, you know, everything falls apart. And then suddenly, oh, well, so the most, money's shrinking. So most all of the, the shortfall the comes straight out of operations. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the only thing they can scale. Yeah. Jeez. Effectively. Um, and then... Uh, this is going to be a bad death spiral. Oh, man. Bay Area Transit could go into, like, the worst death spiral you can possibly imagine, except for Muni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and Muni. VTA. VTA is pretty proof Muni's as gonna, well. Muni's going to keep going. Thanks, Proposition K. Your tax dollars at work. Hey. Um, <laughs> but BART has also faced concern about safety in the wake of the pandemic yep. after a rise in assaults and stabbings and theft and all other manner of crimes. Very fair concerns. So maybe they should spend less of their operations funding running no, knives here's, to the system here's an and idea. more of it on trains. Instead of that, uh, we're going to buy taller fare gates, <laughs> which will be implemented at select stations at a cost of $90 million later this year. That's kind of funny. I, I think instead of doing that, do, they don't have any just people on the trains. Uh, they have ambassadors They now. do? Okay. Yeah. That's not okay, a, not as big of a program as some other places, but they have them. I, I was going to say we should get old people, like people's grandparents like on Walmart the train. Like door greeters? Yeah, exactly. Be like, uh, Sonny, you need to stop stabbing that other young man. <laughs> oh, who's going to commit crimes in front of old people? I... Th- 
I okay. think your mentality is that of like what I would describe as a normal person who, who doesn't, doesn't do crime. Do, okay, well. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yeah, given, yeah, that's fair. Given that Bart can't solve like the cause of the crime problem, which is you know lack of social safety net, which is the um, fact that there are a ton of people who have no pros- nowhere to live and no prospects in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. So given that Bart can't do anything about that as an agency, what really can they do about crime? Other than be like, hey, please don't crime on our train. Please crime somewhere else. Yeah, crime outside the station, please. So that's kind of what they're doing with the fair gates. I think that's the point of the fair gates. As much as I want to laugh at this, maybe not the worst idea. Uh, Kaya, we saw people fair dodge. They didn't jump the gates. They pushed them aside. The new ones are also stronger. Are they? Yeah. They do, like, two air pressure levels. One when when they're open and closing, and then they extra pressure once they're closed. Mm. So you can't shove them open. That's an interesting idea. So it's funny. It we'll, could maybe help. We will see how the results are, but I feel like it's maybe not the worst idea, given that this is they can only do some things. Yeah, well, as maybe. an agency. Uh, so in conclusion, Bart, good, but it faces some serious challenges moving forward, especially in securing funding for future revenue service. So far, California has shown no interest in bailing out Bay Area Transit, so it may be up to federal or local actors to save BART from becoming a true only commuter commu- commu- only system imploding. or just not. Well, why would California have no interest in this? Isn't Because California, because the census has decided based on one year of trends from the pandemic where population decreased, that everyone is moving out of California and cities in general, which is probably not true, No. according to some other researchers. Um, so, California has decided that it needs to adopt a scarcity mindset towards budgeting certain things, and since, just like every other American state in the West, California is a car state, but but maybe maybe ca- California should re- recognize that people don't just move places just because they move it because of a the reason and a half people are factors. moving to Texas from California is because your housing costs too much. That is the only reason. I'm yeah. sorry, Dad. People are not moving out of California because of the woke agenda or whatever. People like living in California. That's why the housing system. Yeah, goddamn because expensive. California is fucking great, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like if they want more people in California. Ergo, more tax base. Um, ergo, um, less social problems like massive amounts of violent crime well, uh, in San Francisco. No. Sorry, on BART. Eh, not really that much. <laughs> and massive amounts of property crime in there San Francisco. There you go. Massive <laughs> amounts of property crime. That is the California problem. That is the California way. Then maybe they should make housing goddamn cheaper. Mm, interesting. And maybe downtown San Francisco. Francisco San Francisco should also like diversify the jobs as available. Paintball. <laughs> like, as much as we love office jobs, it's 2023. We've seen what's happening with like remote work and stuff. So that's probably going to start chipping away. Maybe like mm. 10, 20 percent of office jobs. You'd better find something else to put there, like paintball. I am not to be like contrarian here, but I am a little skeptical of the deg- the degree to which office jobs will be replaced forever, and how much of the of what we're seeing is a particularly American trend because, and I have proof and a backing of my logic here, in central business districts in other parts of the world, Europe, uh, Mexico, Canada, New York City, Chicago, Asia, office occupancy rates in you know places outside the United States and Canada are generally up to like basically 100% of pre-pandemic levels, even in places with tech job sectors that are heavy. Uh, And in New York City and Chicago, which are, you know, our two big, great central business districts, they're closer to 75-80% office occupancy. And in Canada, it's the same. So maybe the reason that people are so reluctant to return to the office in the United States is less about a particular desire to work from home and more about the fact that our central business districts generally just suck ass. Maybe we should treat this like we're treating every other COVID reduction in people thing and be like, hey, COVID stole 30% of people from X activity or X place. Um, In order to, we can get back to 70% easy by doing the same thing. But if we want to get back the extra 30%, 
and beyond, we need to make X place or X activity better or more attractive. Right. Well, and part of that is, like, you know, commuting in the United States generally sucks. You have a 40-minute freeway commute Good God. traffic. Every single Reddit thread about, like, work from home or whatever is like, commute. I hate my commute. I hate my commute. I hate my <laughs> commute. I, commute. I'm saving so much time that I'm not doing my stupid two-hour car commute. My God, I'm free. I can breathe. <laughs> it's just the commute, it's, right? Yeah. Like, you know, people... That's one of the reasons why people are like more likely to return to the office in places like Europe, because you have a relatively stress-free 30-minute train commute. Dude, I'd of return a, to our office. We, we live in downtown. I'd return to our offices any day. Yeah, because it's a five-minute walk. And st- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, anyway, I'm a little skeptical of the, like, oh, we're, we're going to lose 20% of office jobs permanently due to work from home, because in other places that has proven not to be the case. Where their central business districts and commutes simply do not suck. And I'll reiterate this from the COVID angle. Yeah, we lost 20% of office workers. We sure did. Now let's let's get more of them back. Yeah, put paintball on one market street, please. (laughs) And let's get something back because it happened. Do do you think that employers are slowly going to realize that being in the office increases productivity? Well, it does, but... I, I know, but, like, actually realize it and well, be like, oh, we need more productivity. Employers have wanted everyone back in the office from since 2021. It's just in the United States there is this particular resistance to going back to the office because, once again, it sucks. Central business districts in the United States are extremely sleepy and creepy and boring, and the commute True. is terrible, and you're for, in traffic for two hours every day. So this really shouldn't come down to what the employer wants or what the employee wants, because that's just creating a lot of unhealthy tension and turnover. It should come down to um, making downtown a nice place and using modern technology to accommodate remote work where appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe making the better commute option that isn't quite so stressful, safe, and attractive to use. Yeah, because... Max! Bart! (laughs) You can't say go ride the Bart when you might get stabbed on the Bart. Well, or when you think you might get stabbed on the Bart. Or when somebody... No one's getting stabbed on the Bart. Or when somebody your friend knows got robbed at knife point. This is true. We we did talk to someone who knew someone personally who had been robbed at knife point. This is the metric of... That doesn't shock me. No. This is the metric of has some something gotten bad has someone your friend knows had it happen to them then it's bad <laughs> yeah basically and here's where part is you see no one my friend knows has been like stabbed on tracks see therefore tracks is fine yep for stabbing this is a very good rule of thumb yeah well if you don't want to see crazy people maybe avoid it at night but <laughs> well maybe we should have more bar hoppers on tracks at night eh yeah well, that would be helpful to, yeah to that would Fine. be helpful if tracks were in late enough to be useful to bar hoppers. <laughs> Make the tracks Utah loop that's in the shape of the state of Utah run 24-7. Remember, remember from the rear guard yeah, we, episode? We <laughs> shape of Utah. Anyways, make the tracks loop run 24 hours so people can bar hop all night long. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, also, note there is now going to be a second Trans Bay crossing, and Bird. it was anticipated that Bart would have another. That Bart would have two tracks through it. But the Cost Snake bit it. Cost Snake bit it. Now it's only going to be for Caltrain and CHSR. So, so okay. Bart, if right. if Bart like you know gets saved from imminent downfall. On the upside, Caltrain will be in the East Bay someday, which is cool. Yeah. And. Um, Caltrain and Bart can both go, both go there. Yeah. Like and you can good. actually have trains into San Francisco from places, like, outside of... <laughs> you don't have to go to, like, Oakland or Emeryville to catch a train anymore. <laughs> Capital Corridor into San Francisco. Mm-hmm. When? And, um, yeah. So that's all I have. Anybody have any other further comments? The 1979 Bart Tunnel Fire. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the <laughs> 1979 yeah, Bart Tunnel I should, I should link this really nice article that recounts it minute by minute. But um, Bart trains, right? They're trains. They have mechanical components. Well, uh, one of them fell off of a train into the Transbay tube. And they're like, oh, that made some weird noises. And so they ran an inspection train through right after it. And the inspection train was like, eh, seems fine. And then later, <laughs> turns out, later they ran another train down it, which caught on the piece on a piece of metal that fell into the tube, and then that got caught on like the third rail and some other junk, and made a big sparky fiery mess, and then a little bunch of train components on fire, and some like air cushions blew up, and then 
which made the train fall on the floor, and then the fire went in the train, and all the seats were made of flammable polyurethane, which makes, like, toxic black smoke and spreads fire everywhere. <laughs> so the seats were billowing smoke everywhere, so, you know, they turned on the fan vents in the tunnel or whatever, because that's, that's good, and the train crew is keeping everybody, herding everybody into, like, one car away from where the smoke is going, and they get, like fire and rescue on site and all that and this whole big coordination mess with like interagency coordination. Right. It was not pretty. They were so close to this being like a mass casualty event. And at some point they get a San Francisco bound train that's like crush loaded with like a thousand people on it. They commandeer that, bring it into the other not yet burning tube and <laughs> use it to evacuate the passengers. And then later, the fire and rescue is still working, and they realized they left some of the um, doors into the service tunnel open, so the smoke went in the service tunnel, and people died. Good. That's good. So, um... Anyways. <laughs> please remember to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and to leave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. If you like what we do here, please consider becoming a member on Patreon. Patrons get early access to our regular content, as well as a bonus episode roughly every month, along with other benefits like stickers. Speaking of patrons, ours are at $69.69 per month, double-tracked, fully electrified... Tuella Park City. Tuella Park City frontrunner tier. We have Zach Adams at regular frontrunner tier, $10 a month. We have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, Mike Christensen, and Phobos2390. Frontrunner to uh, Reno, Nevada one. <laughs> Frontrunner of the Salt Flats. Yeah, that's what we need. Frontrunner front takes over the Zephyr Yeah, where, where all the people live. Yeah, the Salt Flats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wendover. Big commuting front suburb of Salt Lake City. It, it would be popular with gamblers. When is Frontrunner just going to parallel the Zephyr Road? How many route? people are like... I would take the train. You would. I, I, I know at least one other person who would. Will would. They have a bus. Why, why not have a train? They have a gambling bus. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> our red line tier at $5 a month, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ, Hi, Will. Will Watkins, Jacob Whitecotton, Reluctant LA resident, Robert P. Walsh, and Scott Harris. Blue line tier, $3, carrying as always, we have Patrick <laughs> Salas, Alex Dykelski, Ben Buzath, Bradley Bondi, Elijah Kensler, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, G4, Gonzo12, Jack Dean, John Heron Gorman, Martin Hecker Martinez, Old Trolley, Schroeder Hall, and Seth. Woo! Thank you. Yeah, for funding our fun projects, which we promise we'll send to you eventually. Yeah. This has been the Bart Part The two. Red Line, the Red Line Podcast. Whoa. Woke. Okay. Like Mr. Beast. Oh, oh gotcha. okay. I didn't. I think, yeah. I didn't get that immediately. <laughs>